right o Tuesday o chat GPT is what Siri should be. What will your bot be named? And a week off from language learning. Tuesday, February 7th, 2023. I'm Steven Sersky. Hope you folks are doing well. Yeah, very short introduction today. I was thinking like, I don't know, there's not much going on other than the fact that I'm working quite a bit. Uh, I have been, uh, I told you guys about this Nomad Sculpt uh, program that I bought. So it's a sculpting program on the iPad. And uh, I was thinking this kind of went along with this um, feature film this month on project that I had for February that I've sort of gone away from only because I, did, I didn't want to have the daily pressure of trying to do something. Well, as it sort of is turning out, I am spending 10 to 15 minutes each and every night uh, going through this uh, little program. Uh, it's kind of a neat program. I've tried it out. I mean, today I didn't create very much. I just kind of used the clay function, enlarged the blob. Like the, they give you a blob. Like Blender gives you a cube that everybody deletes right away. This program gives you a blob. And so I just spent time going through the different tools and trying them out. Um, yesterday I created this funky little character and the day before as well. So uh, it's it, it's interesting. I didn't want to go through any more tutorials. I wanted to just try to use a program that would sort of teach itself to me. Like if I spent the time working on it, I should be able to learn how to use this thing, right? I mean, the programmers and those people who create these things, these creators, they have that in mind when they're making this program, right? You would think. Um, and you might be wondering, like, so like, what's the idea like why steve why are you picking up sculpting wtf so i think i've touched on this before uh the idea being that what i'm going to do with nomad sculpt um is create characters which would which would then be exported either to motion or blender in which i will rig the character so create its joints basically and then export that to motion uh apple motion and then animate it there because uh, motion uh, sort of does a little bit better. It's a little bit easier to work with in terms of animation. Nomad Sculpt doesn't do this on its own. It, you, it's uh, very, it's not built for that. It's built for modeling, uh, and, and that's it. Whereas Blender is built for like a whole like. Th Nomad Sculpt is not taking on Blender. Blender is taking on Maya, Cinema 4D. Uh, the other one, uh, Houdini and stuff like that. Like it's, it is being built by people who are sort of either have worked with the, the big professional graphics effects engines like After Effects as well, but are trying to make a, a more, uh, in, I don't want to say intuitive, but a little bit more, well, open source, more powerful tool that can either complement or at least replace the cost of the big rigs, basically the the, the big programs, uh, so that so Blender, as a result, Blender has a lot of functionality in it, but you have to it's the learning curve is huge. Like you have to know all the the secret shortcuts and stuff like that, uh, the different workspaces, uh, and so it can be very intimidating to uh, to, to newbies. And of course, one of the first tutorials I'll probably come across for Blender is the the donut tutorial by um, the uh, Blender guru. Can't remember his name is it Andrew. Uh, he's married to a Korean lady. I know that because he, he talks about her <laughs> every now and then. I think he's Australian too. Uh, so 
but he's uh like he does this fantastic tutorial where he takes you through the whole thing but i mean it's like a nine nine part or ten part series where you have to sit through 30 minutes of just going through and learning the ropes of blender i don't want to watch any more tutorials i mean if you guys have been listening for the last little while i've been talking about uh some of the different uh softwares that i've been going through like i've added ozone and isotope like which is a i've added more mixing and mastering tools to my toolkit and it's like i gotta watch tutorials on how to use these things i mean is anything just intuitive enough that you can pick it up and just use it and create something with it and uh so that's why that's what i'm kind of doing with nomad sculpt i want to see like it's it's art it's 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 like drawing but it's 3d drawing it's like playing with clay uh so i guess the, the only difference being that I don't really know what all the different sort of uh, tools are. I don't know what the, there's no hidden commands, which is what I like. You don't have to press a certain key to flip screens or do anything else. Everything's right there. You just, if, and you have to click on it. So if you don't know what that thing does, obviously you, you, it'll take you a little while longer to sort of figure out what this, what you're, how you're supposed to use that specific tool. But overall, when you look at the screen, and you click through the different menus, there's no subset of menus that are revealed by secret key commands or you know secret incantations you say to the, the passwords and whatever, and the system has to uplink to the mainframe or whatever, and Jarvis has to give you a passcode with the, that expires within 30 seconds or something. I mean, none of that. It's all there. <laughs> so the, I've been trying to make it a, a, a point of it every evening to sit down with this program, uh, and to sculpt just for 10-15 minutes. That's it. Like, n- don't try to cr- recreate cartoon characters. Don't try to create worlds. Just sculpt something. Try to make a chair. You know, try to. I've been trying to make little characters, but again, those are I, I, but little characters out of one piece of clay. So I'm just pushing the clay around. I'm not adding anything really to it. Um, so that's that has been the goal. This has kind of pushed off my HSK studies, and as I mentioned before, I'm taking the week off from language learning. I, I, I just don't want to have so much going on at one time where it becomes a little bit of a more of an anxiety-ridden. Um, oh my god, I got to move on to the next task, or else I'm going to fall behind. Like that's what my master's degree was. That was what my bachelor's degree was. I mean, that was forced education. That okay, university was not forced education. That was a choice. That that was a choice. Uh, but I mean, I'm not at university. There's no grading. There's no deadline. Nothing. Just at some point, I'm going to have to learn this, and it'd be easier if I learned it now and did did it, you know, piece by piece right now, rather than trying to cram through it in three months or something like that. Right? That's the idea. Not only that, with um, and this gets me thinking again with creating another YouTube channel, which I just have not got around to, is that I wouldn't mind documenting sort of the. Uh, the starting of the sculpting adventure, this journey, if you will. So, I had, and one neat thing about this program is, I have another one that shows you how to draw. Uh, it saves time lapse videos, so you can actually export the whole time lapse of the thing being created. I can only imagine the system resources that this this thing requires to to get it done. But you know, having a decent iPad, it, it helps. Like it works, so it's kind of neat. Uh, I did end up getting Procreate as well, and apparently Procreate and Nomad Sculpt actually can work together where you export the sculpture into Procreate and are able to paint it. So th- the workflow would be Nomad Sculpt, Procreate, 
Blender for rigging, and then Motion for animation. Sounds like a lot of work. Um, altogether, that would cost a hundred US dollars, roughly. May yeah, a runner because Motion, Apple Motion's fifty or sixty. I can't remember. Uh, Blender is free. Nomad Sculpt was twenty dollars, and Procreate was twenty dollars or thirty dollars. One of the th- one of the two. So hundred bucks. Oh, oh, plus the iPad. <laughs> Small detail, uh, but you have the iPad. Um, if, and if you okay, so let's put it this way: if you didn't want, if you didn't have the iPad, uh, that's where you would use Blender, and you could use uh, Motion for fifty bucks if you wanted to cut your costs in half if you already have the computer, right? But okay, let's get away from that. Splicing hairs there. Hundred bucks, two devices, you can make this thing work. You basically have an animation studio at your disposal. So that's what I'm looking at creating. And now that I have March Motion coming up in uh, next month, and then maybe make your movie in two months, actually there's one in April. I'm thinking if I don't do April After Effects, I might use another program called Fusion. And this is uh, published by DaVinci Resolve. So the the guys who uh, make DaVinci Resolve, which is another type of uh, video editor, and a color corrector, it's very well known for its color correction capabilities, um, but uh, being able to use that figure, because that, that one's popped up, apparently DaVinci bought Fusion recently in order to keep up with Apple and After Effects, basically, because everybody else has a graphics editor except DaVinci, so they bought one, but apparently it's, it's apparently decently easy to use, um, it's it's a powerful application. It's not widely used because uh, it just doesn't have the same uptake as After Effects and that, that same longevity as Motion. So um, n- knowing all that, I might throw in a new program in April and try to figure that one out. I'm not pressuring myself to, to be as proficient as I would be with Motion and then also in May when I'm going to be making the movie. So going forward getting into the visual creative aspect of these things. Um, One thing that I'd be looking to do is learning how to use all three of these programs, all four, all of these programs together uh, in a way that I'd be able to create an animated show, like an animated TV show, basically 21, 22 minutes. That that would sort of be the goal. If I could do that, uh, maybe if I gave myself a, a deadline of, by September or by the end of this year sort of thing. And the reason I say end of this year is because starting next year, like starting in December or November would be the next creative season, which is, I've, I've talked about this before. I wrote about this in my newsletter this weekend, you know, the creative season that I sort of see myself going through running from November until about the end of May, which roughly coincides with the university season, right? Wherein, you know, that's sort of the, the peak time in the Northern hemisphere. It's winter, Um, I mean, you're not usually going out as much as you would in the summer. You're not driven to go, not as driven to go outside uh, during the winter. Uh, So that being the case, that is a very nice six, seven month creative process uh, that you can sort of hash through a bunch of ideas and then maybe spend a couple months away from it, come back in September, maybe October, assemble them, and then see what you have sort of thing, right? Like that, that's... That's sort of the idea I have in mind. I'm not sure if that would actually work, though. I've, I've never done this before, to tell you the truth. Never. <laughs> it's, uh, I'm just talking ideas and talking... Th- it's not even theories. It's just pure ideas. 
what's your creative season like if you have one? Uh, but uh, so looking for the next couple months, March, April, May, you're going to see a lot more visual uh, publications on my behalf. Um, February, again, I'm going to be spending time with uh, this Nomad Sculpt and probably getting into Procreate at some time. Procreate the program, not Procreation. <laughs> Although that's, uh, you know, happens every now and then. <laughs> uh, speaking of um, Procreating and creating pro stuff, Chat GPT. So um, I have come across access to it. So uh, this has been... I've been playing with this today <laughs> instead of editing my podcast, which I was supposed to do. But in my defense, I was asking this program, uh, what are some of the better sort of, what are some of the methodologies? So the two questions I asked it um, pretty much straight away. Number one was automated program to extract album art from an MP3 file using Mac, using Automator. And it gave me this workflow on my GIFs, but this function doesn't exist in Automator. <laughs> and I say, okay, well, you can try to use this, a shell script. I'm like, okay, I've heard of this before. I'm like, ugh, don't really want to. Is there another way? And using KID3, which is that MP3 program that's using um, that metadata. And it spat out a script, a shell script that uses KID3 that apparently, like, KID3 is scriptable. Uh, so I have yet to try it. I've yet to try it, but these things, the, what... What really got me was that in asking the question, if you've been using the internet at all for the last, not for the last five years, it hasn't been as bad, Ten, if you used the internet 10 years ago, maybe 15 years ago, 2007, 2008, when forums were really huge, I remember asking a question, uh, you'd almost be cautious to ask a question on those places because they weren't, they weren't called trolls back then. But the know-it-alls, the snarky remarks, the con- the people who knew so well, why don't you just Google it? Type of people. It's like I did, and then I came here to ask a question. You fuckwit. Why don't you just answer it? You don't get that with ChatGPT. That's the biggest thing. Is that with Google, you don't Google. You get some good results, but you have to go through these forums, or you got to read all this just trash, and it's distracting. It's distracting and it's, um, discon- it gets discouraging. ChatGPT, I mean, it's pulling from all these different sources anyway, like Google does <laughs> and like everybody else does. I mean, but it, it's without the snark. So that's one immediate thing I saw that is already beneficial about ChatGPT. Uh, the other thing, that so the other one that I was looking up was proper, like a, what's a common mastering chain in Logic Pro? And it spat out the typical mastering chain. I'm like, okay, I've seen this because I've Googled this a couple times. I'm saying, okay, but why, okay. Now, here's here's where it gets really neat because uh, if you remember a couple of weeks ago, I was talking to uh, uh, my friend Steve Black, who's down in Tasmania. He's he's one of these studio guys. He's a gearhead who, who knows a lot of this stuff, right? Uh, but he's so much more <laughs> like advanced in his knowledge because he, he's been using these tools for years. Um, and you almost feel kind of silly asking someone like that, well, like, um, which compressor? Because he's going to sit there and go, oh, well, it depends. <laughs> yes, of course, it depends. But again, so ChatGPT pops out this this five or six uh, plug-in chain that you, you, you have for your mastering uh, layout. And I go, okay, so, well, what, what do you mean by, what's a spectral EQ? And then it pops out the four different types of spectral EQ with this description. Oh, yeah, that's kind of neat. All right, got that. And I go, well, which compressor should I use? 
in law and keep in mind I'm using in Logic Pro because I want it specific to Logic Pro. I don't want to have third-party plugins being mentioned, which is another danger with going to these forums. Like, well, you should get this one. I'm like, I'm not. No, 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 no. I haven't finished learning Logic yet. I'm not investing in a third-party compressor or uh, EQ if I don't know what they do in general. <laughs> like, let's dial it back. And so this, and I learned something today. And I guess maybe this is why I'm so respectful towards this new technology and that it gives me a description of the different types of compressors available in Logic Pro, very general. And one of them is the Opto, uh, O-P-T-O compressor. Well, if you've listened to my podcast, that's the one that I use. I use the Opto Vox 1 or 2. I can't remember which one it is, but I use that compressor to smoothen out the audio file in Logic Pro before publishing it. So... um, I'll tell you, in this audio mixing and mastering stuff uh, in the last two months, uh, in my conversations with Steve, uh, investing in Isotope and Ozone products and spending more time with Logic um, and with Audacity as well, the workflow is getting a little bit better, getting a little bit easier, which is maybe also why I kind of put off editing these things because I'm like, I know I can do it. It's just now I got to get it done sort of thing, right? Uh, but it's great because I was looking at ChatGPT and it's uh, it's spat out answers without the snark, without the forum snark that we uh, early internet users, okay, us late, us millennial internet users because we're not very early. We're 40 years behind the invention of it. Okay, I get it, I get it. Again, you avoid all that forum snark that goes on and the early chat boards and stuff like that. Um, It seems like a very good program to use. Uh, The one thing that I can't help but think, I'm like, okay, well, this is like Google. Okay, it is. Uh, All that fear of like uh, copyright infringement. And, you know, I went off about NFTs last week and blockchain technology. And I still actually, I think that's even more relevant now than ever. Absolutely. It is going to be because if you want a piece of the pie, you're going to have to create a pie, put that pie on the uh, the internet recipe baking sites, and the the chefs will pull whatever recipe, whatever ingredients they want from your pie, and they will give you credit for it by way of a fraction of an Ethereum token coin blockchain, whatever's, as represented by the NFT that's on the blockchain, right? That's the idea. Chat GPT is what Siri should be. Let's so Google and I got I, I actually I haven't looked into what is propelling chat GPT uh, like it's AI it's deep learning yes but if it's just using the Google search algorithm to create all of this then it's basically Google has the keys right I, I that's what I are you telling me that they've invented a better search engine all of a sudden than Google that is surprising to me. Like, how did Google not see that happening? WTF. You guys had to have had a research department behind it. Same with Apple. This is what Siri should be able to do. Siri gives you these, well, here's what I found. I'm like, oh, thanks, Siri, but I don't have time to look at the screen right now. Can you just narrate this stuff to me, please? I don't like your tone, Stephen. Siri, goodbye. You know, that Siri should be able to give you the narration or the text that ChatGPT is. So, where is this going? And given the fact that ChatGPT is such a hard name to pronounce, but Google isn't and Siri isn't, guess what? My money, my idea, is if they don't buy out OpenAI's technology, 
they will either integrate it as a plugin or they'll just build their own. <laughs> I, I, I'm not kidding. Like this ChatGPT, okay, so it's changed the standard of internet search. That's what it's done. It has modified the way that we interact. It's, uh, I don't know if you can, I guess you can talk to it. I haven't tried it, but you, like I was typing in the, um, uh, the, the, the prompts, and the thing is that you can ask it about its own quite like its own responses. So, again, change the standard of uh, interacting with your search results, with uh, your getting an answer to your question. What Google has done a very good job of doing this. Like your first search result on Google is usually what you're looking for more often than not, right? And it's usually written, like it gives you the site, it gives you the uh, who it's written by, when it was written, and three or four other, like 10 other alternatives, right? So in, in that sense, Google is a very good research-based uh, search engine. Siri, I mean, yeah, she gives you all these responses, but it's like, Siri, could you filter this, please? Like, well, what would you like filtered? I don't know. Give me the answer. <laughs> give me the answer that fixes my problem, please. So I can see, and okay, so Apple is not known to be sort of the most innovative. They are in some ways, but they lag. And they've been, this This has followed the company ever, like for a long time. Like a lot of the features that Apple integrates into their phones have been available on Android or PC devices for a long time before. Like it, it, I don't know, to tell you the truth, because I don't use Apple iPhones. I can tell you that the iPad camera sucks. It, it is terrible. I am shocked that this camera is as bad as it is. Not only that, the iTunes store is shit. I hate it. It's stupid. It's dumb and slow. Android app, Google Play, fantastic and fast. Okay. Um, so things like that, right? Very small example. But uh, so going forward, a year, two years, uh, I'm thinking Siri's going to have... A Siri featuring chat GPT technology or open AI technology. Same with Google. Google might just build their own sort of thing. I don't know what when it's going to be, but that's sort of, that's how I can see this sort of unfolding. The only other question that I would have is then, well, two of them. What will your bot be named? And when will the iPhone fly? I mean, if you've got Siri giving you all these answers, and let's say, for example, you got a dog and a cat, but the dog and the cat sit there and they give you those warm fuzzies that if you're not married, then okay, whatever. But then you have to actually answer some questions like, where's your bot? Well, like that little little droid. Uh, uh, was it R2-D2 that follows around C-3PO? Like, we're, we're, I need a droid like that. But I don't want something taking up space. I want it to fly. So when is the iPhone going to fly? When is Apple going to buy out DGI or whatever it is? DJI, not DGI, DJI, Dajang, and uh, integrate that into their, their iPhones. I mean, it's not there yet, obviously, but I don't know. Next decade, I think we're going to see some pretty neat technology come out. Out of that, either there's going to be a massive war, and it's going to set us all back 50 years in our internet technology. Let's hope that doesn't happen. Pay, 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 pay. All right, folks, I'm going to leave it there. Enough for the idea formulation I've... Giving you enough brilliance for today. <laughs> now go thee to ChatGPT and ask it yourself, where do you see yourself in three years? <laughs> will you be owned by Google or Apple or will you be your own being? 
show notes and tracks available up on my website, stevensrisky.com. Thanks for listening. I appreciate it. We'll talk again. Have a good one. Bye-bye.